right, so I have the pleasure to be here live at Pack Expo after a two is a two year hiatus that we've been uh, able to really meet together in this. Oh well, yeah, we we skip one one year. You know, our last year was uh, our year for Pack Expo International in Chicago. Oh yeah, that's the one we skip. But uh, after two years, we're here back. Yeah, so I, it's uh, Jorge Isquiero. I, I did okay. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, or you know, I'm from Colorado and Utah, <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, and, and, and what, what's your title with, uh, you're with PMMI, correct? I'm, I'm PMMI, I'm Vice President of Market Development for PMI. Basically, I'm responsible for all the research that we do uh, in North America and also international. Uh, and also responsible for the promotion of our industry internationally. Okay, great. So, and, and where do you live? Uh, Northern Virginia. Uh, PMI headquarters are based in Northern Virginia, yeah, just outside of DC. Yeah. Got it, got it, cool. Well, uh, it's certainly been, you know, we're recording this here at the end of day two, and there's been a, like a, a, a life at the show, I felt like, right? Like a, a sort of a, I think because, you know, we've never had this sort of disruption. We're going to talk about the disruption of COVID when we kind of get into the state of the, state of the union, I guess we're going to use a DC term. Um, but we had this disruption in, in our industry, but it wasn't like we all stopped working. We actually had to grind through a lot in our industry. And so this has felt both like rejuvenating and refreshing. Like I think for some people it's like, I can just rest for a couple of days almost, <laughs> you know? Um, have you felt the same sort of kinetic energy here at the show? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so of course, you know, uh, for all of us, I guess, for all our families going through COVID, it's been uh, complicated, difficult. Uh, many things have changed in our lives. Uh, for sure, in, in, in terms of uh, doing business, of course, things have changed. Uh, the, the personal touch is something that uh, we've been done reasonably well with different tools, you know, like Zoom meetings and Teams and other tools that uh, had really worked great in terms of keeping things moving. But as, as uh, you're looking to, to develop relationships, as you're looking to, uh, for innovation, for creativity, sometimes in person makes a big difference mm -hmm. so uh, for us uh, being able to bring uh, back this show to a live event is, is it's great mm -hmm. we are we're really pleased very happy uh, of course we've been tracking registration for the past several weeks and months and it was looking good but just uh, the fact that you know the opening day yesterday was a great day today the second day it's a great day we're Having great feedback from uh, uh, attendees, from exhibitors, it's it's good. Uh, and more than anything, you know, uh, the ability to do it uh, balance, you know, following the, the safety uh, recommendations from the state, from the CDC, and uh, and uh, everybody pretty much uh, following those guidelines. That's that's been great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it, it I, I kind of want to pivot maybe a little bit into so. Um, for, for those of you who are listening who don't know, at least the times that I've been here in the media at PEC Expo, somebody always does kind of like this state of the industry, and um, it, it's always one of my favorite things. I'm like, I cannot miss this <laughs> this particular thing, not only because the lunch is amazing, by the way, um, but but because the information is even is even more critical and better. And so as I'm, as I'm thinking about like the success of the show, I have to imagine the, the acceleration of of equipment sales has been very real um, due to many different factors, and I'd love for you to kind of illuminate that. But 
But as as people are are coming to the show, they're not just like, oh, let me see what the new latest and coolest thing is. They're coming to sh- to the show thinking like, if I don't get this, I might not be able to hit my demand for you know Q1 of 2022 or to, like there's a there's also an urgency to a lot of the things here. So can you talk a little bit about about that and within the industry? Sure, I, I can tell you, Adam. Uh, it's been crazy in our space, in the packaging and processing uh, space, the operations. Um, many, many of you, as, as uh, COVID hit here in North America, uh, things slowed down very significantly. And uh, maybe the first month, you know, and, uh, suddenly, suddenly in our industry, uh, it was like a switch from from a kind of a, a slowing down, a kind of wondering what was happening to a sudden full speed, not a hundred percent, but in many cases, hundred and twenty percent. Um, so consumers were, uh, I'm going to use this very simple example, but uh, food, uh, food uh, consumers were getting food basically, you know, they get at home, they get at supermarkets, but they go to restaurants, they go, they go to work, they go to that uh, convenience shop, right, to get their, uh, their food. Uh, during COVID, many of these uh, channels uh, changed significantly and a lot of the food supply was gone to supermarkets. And um, that's supermarkets is an area where packaging really uh, shines, mm-hmm. right? It's, uh, it helps uh, the product, you know, keep it safe, uh, extend the shelf life and a lot of, uh, of reasons why it it's, uh, shines in supermarkets. But uh, the effect for the uh, manufacturing companies for food, beverage, uh, household chemicals, uh, pharma uh, was unbelievable. You know, it's uh, the growth was uh, incredibly high last year. Uh, in our specific industry, in packaging equipment, the growth was fourteen point seven percent. Normally, in our industry, uh, a growth of five percent would be very good. Six yeah. percent is great. Uh, so, can you imagine fourteen point seven? Uh, many of uh, the, the members of the association of PMMI uh, are telling us that uh, it's been there. Uh, last year, 2020, was a record year for mm-hmm. sales. You know, it's uh, uh, it pushed a lot of their resources in terms of uh, keeping their operations running. Number one, keeping their staff healthy, uh, but still, you know, uh, trying to to fill those orders. You know that. Uh, because of the demand, you know, the, the, the delivery times even, you know, keep, uh, were cut, kept growing and growing last year. And uh, this year, even now with the supply chain concerns, it's, it's even worse, you know, the delivery times are going uh, further down. But in terms of growth in our industry, this, this year still seems to be going to be a, a double-digit growth, I think. It's at least 8, 8 percent that's what we're thinking for this year. And that's um, growth over and above the fourteen point seven percent that we saw last year. Yeah, that's, that's not like, it's not like it's it's level set against twenty nineteen. You're saying like it grew in twenty twenty, and we're still looking at another eight to ten percent growth, which I would venture to guess could probably be closer to thirteen or fourteen percent if raw materials were available. You know, if lead yes. times were normal. Um, you know, so even eight to ten percent is is great, but we're we're competing with you know, car manufacturers and we're competing with home builders and we're competing with all these different people for a, a, a pinched supply chain of raw materials. Um, think about like processing chips and, you know, these things that we don't ever really talk about in the packaging industry. Like, oh, what is a shortage of, 
you know, semiconductor chips have to do with packaging. And it's like, well, what do you think runs yes. a lot of this equipment, There's right? The automation, the automation coming from. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we were talking about, you know, in terms of uh, what's driving the growth, we talked about, uh, you know, the, the changing consumer kind of behavior. But also another area that was very, very significant is the impact of uh, COVID on the workforce. Um, workforce in manufacturing has been uh, going through a complicated uh, situation for the past, uh, I would say, past 10 years, but the past five years, the last year was just unbelievably complicated. Mm -hmm. um, and what's happening, it's... Uh, uh, we are in manufacturing, we're all, always on, on the search for uh, qualified uh, employees, you know, people that can uh, have certain level of understanding of technology and that can work with the technology. And uh, with COVID, uh, the protocols of COVID, you know, are forcing you to, uh, for example, if somebody's sick, of course, they stay at home. But they don't stay at home for one day or two days. They at home for two weeks, mm -hmm. and then another person, then another person. So suddenly, the workforce in manufacturing, you know, it's it's sometimes cut down to, to more than twenty percent, right? So the, the trick is how to to increase your output by twenty percent with twenty percent less employees, right? Right. And. Uh, Automation is, is the answer, you know, and that's that's the other reason why investment uh, in automation has grown that much this this past year. Yeah, no, I I was talking to a, a a COVID researcher the other day in Utah, and he was talking about the strain on healthcare, which I think is similar to manufacturing. Um, you know, he said the the issue with healthcare isn't necessarily that we don't have availability of you know certain pockets like beds and things like that are a big deal but it's really you know like if as school is starting up lots of you know nurses doctors have children a child comes in close contact or you know gets covid even though it's not impacting the child now the doctor or nurse has to quarantine for a for a few weeks and and then you know maybe they pass it on to somebody there and then they have to and we just we're, we're reducing our availability of of hours of yes. qualified people and and eventually, at some point in time, I, I you know hope knock on wood. It's just made of wood. I don't know if this table's made of wood, but you know we, we hope that we're we're going to be able to pull out of it. But I think what it's doing, similar to like what Zoom meetings did for business communication, they're they're like sort of the 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 forced innovation into automation is is ultimately I think going to benefit a lot of manufacturers, right? Uh, and and it will also benefit workers, in my opinion, because now instead of doing the manual task, they can be invested in to learn a, a skill or a trade to run the automation equipment. You know, to have a, a higher level job within within the organization. So, um, yeah, that's I think it's it's all kind of intertwined. COVID has impacted so much, and we are not we are not um, we're not. Uh, I don't want to say not prone, but I mean, it's it certainly impacted us in, in both positive from like revenue, but negative from healthcare. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's interesting the, the point that you made and how COVID is impacting us in different ways. Um, so remote access, you know, this technology that's used, you know, for you, you can service a piece of equipment, you know, from uh, the OEMs, you know, the manufacturer's uh, facility, they can access the equipment where the equipment is running and check and 
make sure it's running well. This technology has been available there for a while, right? Uh, the only thing, it has not been implemented because there's been always concerns uh, for cybersecurity, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you that, that there's a reason for that. Uh, but there's also, you know, there's been a disconnect between the the IT part of the business, the, the people running the, uh, the computers in the offices, and the OT part of the business, you know, the computers in the platform. Right. Okay. And what's happening, what, what used to happen, uh, the IT people decided, you know, who has access or not into the networks of the company, either IT or OT. Uh, and they didn't allow, you know, because they were concerned, they didn't have a clear understanding of how, how it worked. They didn't allow many times access for the uh, OT, for the operations, right? Uh, COVID uh, really accelerated the, the adoption of these technologies. Again, the technologies uh, has been available in many machines for, for a number of years. What COVID did was uh, forcing uh, everybody to use those technologies. During COVID, uh, there was a significant limitation of access for technicians to service equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, and because of this, uh, remote access was pretty much the only option available. And uh, somehow uh, these uh, doubts, these concerns, these uh, differences were addressed during uh, last year. And the adoption of remote access was uh, incredibly high last year. And uh, now that uh, people were, were able to move a little more, uh, technicians can travel more, uh, uh, still, you know, the benefits of remote access are, are staying. Mm -hmm. So, so that's uh, that's an example of what you you're talking about. So, kind of a, a small silver silver lining on technology and how how it's accelerating some things to happen. Yeah, I was talking with um, a couple of data and software companies here at the show, and they're like, "We our booths have never been busier," you know, because it, it's it's just you know, it, I forget some somebody. Some famous person, I don't know who, I'll, I could probably attribute the quote to him, but they said, like, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. It was probably a politician. Yes. And it, while you have these horribly devastating effects on people's livelihood, um, there there seems to be, so those, you talked about silver lining, right? Like, there's these silver linings for our industry that, that hopefully will really catapult us and be this catalyst into the the next level where where we can go and and you know looking at the future of, of packaging and automation we play such a critical role because of you know you mentioned what were the you had mentioned in your in your talk the areas of growth it was like i can't remember household chemical and yes what, the, what were those in the next years you know what we expect is household chemicals pharma beverage and food you know in that order uh, Household chemical, yeah, yeah, pharma, yeah. beverage, food. Okay, got yeah. it. Actually, you know, for example, the, the investment in automation technology for packaging, household chemicals, we expect that uh, between 2020 and 2026, the average growth, the annual growth, to be 8.6%. The average, you know, so it's the next uh, six years. Yeah. Between 2020 and 2026. So it's That's crazy. Significant, yeah. Um, so, and, and the reason for... A lot of this, especially when you look at, like, so much of it is just tied to just sheer volume and population gain. You know, I mean, we're, mm -hmm. I talk about this on my podcast a lot, and it's probably, I don't know, the fifth or sixth time, but I'm like, we're going to hit 10 billion people on the planet. 
within my lifetime. You know, mm -hmm. like it's 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 almost a virtual certainty unless something catastrophic happens. Um, how are we going to feed those people? How are we going to, you know, how are we going to hydrate those people? How are we going to, um, you know, house those people? Like all of this stuff, how are you going to take care of their health care? All of this stuff at on some level and a really important level involves packaging. So the transportation of, you know, building supplies and automobile manufacturing and, and food and healthcare and health, all of this stuff involves automation and packaging. And it's all tied to it. It's all tied to that population growth. Um, and so is, is that combined with COVID? Why you, why maybe you guys have seen in your research, this, this pretty steady, I, w I don't want to say accelerated growth, but like, that's a really good 8.7 year over year is hard. I'm going to tell you, yes, certainly COVID has accelerated the process, but uh, I, I would say the number one driver for investment in automation right now is workforce challenges, right? Availability yeah. of workforce. And that's been a problem uh, for a number of years, as I mentioned earlier. COVID exacerbated it, mm -hmm. but still, even if uh, the situation uh, levels off in groups, you know, uh, workforce will be, will be will remain as a challenge for manufacturing. So uh, yes, that's the one thing I guess that uh, will remain as as we go into the future, and that's one of the keys why investment in automation is growing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, Jorge, what is um, for the for the people who weren't able to make the show either, you know, because of uh, you know just they're watching out for their health their restrictions or whatever whatever what or just they couldn't travel here i talked to some people over in the eu who just couldn't who weren't even approved to come here which was unfortunate but um maybe what's what's something to look forward to like when when's the next show the next pack sex pack expo <laughs> when's that next show you know maybe sure. talk about like the future because we talked about the future of the industry but you know maybe you can absolutely. you can toot your own horn and talk about the future of of the show. Thank you, absolutely. Uh, so our next show is uh, Pack Expo International. It's uh, November twenty twenty two, and I can tell you that's by far our largest event. Mm -hmm. uh, Pack Expo International is normally around one point two, one point three million square feet net. That means a space that we sell, you know, that uh, flexible space, not uh, services. Uh, and just to give you a an idea this show uh, right now it's uh, it's going to be for sure the largest show in, uh, in the americas in the continent uh, and it's about uh, seventy-five thousand square feet so back expo international is, is significantly bigger and it's it's certainly one of the 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 points of reference uh, for the industry globally yeah, yeah, and that so that's going to be is that in Chicago? Is that correct? Chicago, yeah. Okay, so next year in Chicago. Next year. All right. Well, I'll for sure, you know, fingers crossed. See you then, um, next year. But awesome show. Thank you to you know we had Laura Thompson on. She, her, and her team, and and you as well have done a phenomenal job uh, with the show. Just from not only the safety and the the way in which you felt automate some things, but just the the speakers, the content has been incredible. Um, it's just been a, it's been a really a, a really fantastic show. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jorge, for even coming on my podcast. That's it's no, been fun. I, um, thank you. It's a pleasure. It's uh, always good to chat with you, and I uh, hope to see you in uh, Chicago next year. All right, let's do it. Take care. Yep. 
Well, that is it for another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Thanks for listening. It would mean so much to us if you would like and share and subscribe to this podcast. We want as many people to know about the incredible people that we have in the packaging industry because we believe that packaging is awesome. Thanks again.